God usually gives me, um, it, it's usually through the gift of prophecy, of a prophetic gift. Um, but not today, when I'm speaking on prophecy. <laughs> so um, it's going to be more of a teaching style, but, but we'll see. Because, um, you know, my ears are always open to the Holy Spirit um, leading and guiding and changing and whatever he wants to do. Um, first of all, I just want to ask you, um, how many of you were surprised that Trump won the election last night? Anybody surprised? surprised. Um, we're talking about prophecy tonight, and, um, you know, one thing about prophecy is God knew, right? God wasn't surprised, was he? And there were many prophetic people who That's said right. that God showed them that Trump was going to be the president. Um, uh, so I thought that was an interesting tie-in to tonight. Um, God had given me a dream last April before Trump even um, mentioned, before Trump even said that he was going to run for the presidency. And he gave me a dream that, um, I can't say that, he, that I knew that Trump was going to be the president, but he did give me a dream um, and revealed to me that Trump was going to submit to the Lord last April. And um, praise God, he did. Amen. And so That's right. That's right. pray for him. He's a, he's a baby in the Lord, but he surrounded himself with believers. Mike and Pence. and uh, so that's awesome. Awesome. Um, and I just share that not to say, well, look what God showed me, but we're talking about the gift of prophecy, and that's one way that the, that the gift of prophecy works. God, God knows all things from the beginning to the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega, he's the Omega right? And, um, and he's given us those gifts to be able to, through his Holy Spirit, to be able to know what's ahead. And there's, it's important to know what's ahead. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, but first of all, you guys have been reading, uh, those of you that have been here on Wednesday nights, you guys have been studying the book of First Corinthians, and so we got to chapter 14, and my husband said, hey, why don't you teach prophecy, since that's your gift? Um, I'll just share with you really quick, um, um, not yet, I'll share this first, and then I'll share that. Um, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, but let's just, First Corinthians chapter 14, if you guys want to turn there. You can, because this is um, this is the basis of what we're, we're going to be talking about and what you guys have been studying, right? First um, Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And so first of all, before I even talk about prophecy, we have to talk about love. And I know those of you who have been here on Wednesday nights, you guys have gone deep into um what love, I've gone deep into the subject of love and how important love is. Um, but you can't talk about prophecy without talking about love because they go together. Love is the foundation of all the gifts that God wants to give us uh, through his Holy Spirit. And so, um, uh, you know, without love, if we're going to have these gifts and operating these gifts that are available to us, we're like what? We're like a playing symbol, aren't we? If we're not, if our foundation isn't on love. So first he says to uh, pursue love. Um, that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> I remember before um, I began doing the women's ministry, um, I never thought I would be doing women's ministry. I didn't have a love for women at all. I didn't want to go to women's retreats or anything. I just thought they are too emotional for me. Uh, I, do, I can't handle that. I don't have the patience for women. Even though I was one, I was kind of in denial, I guess. Um, 
<laughs> but, but I didn't have a love for women. And then all of a sudden, um, about a year before um, Richard was asked to come to be the senior pastor here, God started putting a love. It God started to put a love in my heart for women, and I was like, "Ooh, that's different, God. What are you doing?" And so I knew that God was going to be calling me to women's ministry, and uh, because that love, He started putting in my heart. And so as I started to recognize that, I started praying for more of it. God, give me more of a love for your women if this is what you're calling me to. And so that's the first. That's the first step. If you don't have a love for your brothers and sisters in the church, you need to ask God for it. You need to say, God, give me a love for my brothers and sisters in the church because these gifts um, that, that we've been talking about in, in Corinthians here, these aren't just for us, although they will, um, uh, they will benefit us greatly, but they're not just for us. The purpose of them is for the body, right? But if we don't have a love for the body, then what good are the gifts? Um, and so I just want to encourage you to do that. Uh, pursue love. Um, but then he says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So he says, pursue love. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Do you get that? Do you get that? Don't even move on if you don't get that. Don't even move on until you get that. That's the most important thing because God is love, right? God doesn't just love us. He doesn't just ask us to love. He doesn't just give us his, you know, his love, but he is love. I know that's hard for us to comprehend um, or to understand, but when you're standing in the presence of God and he's allowed me to stand in his presence through a dream, when you're standing in his presence, you are not just standing before someone that loves you, but you're standing in the presence of love. You're standing in the presence of love and you'll do anything, anything for your Lord when you stand in his presence. Anything that you have to go through, it'll be worth it. Anything that you endure, any persecution, any pain, any... I, you know, I, I stood before, many of you have heard my testimony about how he healed my back. Um, but when I was standing before him in that dream, Lord, if I have to live with this back the rest of my life, who even cares? It's, it, it's so minuscule compared to standing in the presence of love and standing in the presence of your savior and what um you'll, you'll do anything for him just believe me when you stand before him it'll all be worth it so the first thing is love did i make that point <laughs> <laughs> did i drill it in okay but um the first thing is love so we receive god's love uh he gives us his holy spirit his love dwells within us um, we're able to love uh, because we have his Holy Spirit in us and he calls us to love. And so, um, but then he says, not only that, and I mean, that's awesome in and of itself, isn't it? I mean, to know that you're loved and to be able to love others, isn't that just awesome? Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's just like the greatest thing, right? To know you're loved and to be able to love, that's the greatest thing. But God doesn't stop there. God doesn't stop there. He has more. He has so much more for us. Uh, that's just the foundation. Um, but from that foundation, and that needs to be the foundation, but from that foundation, he wants to well up within us springs of living water. Not just within us, but through us, right? Springs of living water. And he does that through his Holy Spirit and through these gifts that he makes available to us. And so he says, um, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. 
And so he has this extra for us. Desire these spiritual gifts so that you can bless one another, so that you can hear my voice, um, so that you can walk in the calling and the purpose that I have for you, so that you can know me even more. Um, and then he says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, um, but especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. Prophecy from the, um, I like the Blue Letter Bible. If you don't have a Bible app, that's a good one, Blue Letter Bible. Um, the Blue Letter Bible's lexicon um, gives a definition of prophecy, and it, it's the definition they give is to speak forth by divine inspiration. It means just simply to speak forth by divine inspiration. Some people think prophecy, they think you have to be uh, foretelling something in the future all the time. It's not necessarily always that, although it does include that. Um, it does come with the idea of foretelling future events um, pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. Um, it also means to utter forth, to declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like in, in a little bit. But why, um, but why prophesy? Why does he say to desire, especially desire that you may prophesy? Why do you think prophecy of all the gifts that he would say? Why do you think prophecy? Because it edifies the church. It builds other people what? Other people's faith. Yeah. And and um, and a lot of the gifts edify each other too, right? So why prophecy in particular? Mm -hmm. um, I thought about a few things. Um, first of all, um, it builds others up, right? If we look down in 1 Corinthians there in, in verse 3, it says, um, uh, but he who prophesies speaks edification, um, exhortation, and, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies, he edifies the church, right? Um, and so uh, he who prophesies, he speaks edification, edification to edify one another, to help each other grow, right? He who prophesies that you can help each other grow, exhortation to encourage one another, and then to comfort one another. Um, but there's um, there's a little bit more I was thinking about um, as I look at the whole of his word. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's a benefit of prophecy, right? Daniel chapter 2, verse 19 says, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. This is 19 through 23 in Daniel chapter 2. Um, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. Here's a good one for the, the election, right? He removes kings and he raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And here particularly um, uh, for, for prophecy, he says, He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. So how important prophecy is that God can make known to us things that are in the darkness. Can you see how that would be important as believers? To share with you a dream that I had 
few weeks ago, part of a dream, I won't share the whole thing with you, um, but part of the dream was um, I was leading a troop of men. We were all in fatigue. We were in a war. There was about five or six men in my troop, and we were running from the enemy, and we were about to go over a hill. And uh, right before we were about to go over the hill, all of a sudden I was in third person, and I could see the other side of the hill, and I could see us running towards the hill, and on the other side of the hill it was covered with mosquitoes. It was just covered with mosquitoes. And I knew that if I led the troop over the hills, that um, we would be ambushed by these mosquitoes. We would all be bitten, we would get malaria, we would uh, be just, you know, this is what was in my head in the dream, right? Well, we're gonna get malaria, we're gonna get disease, we're gonna be, you know, like, we're not gonna be able to, you know, continue. And so I looked over to the left and there was a car in a ditch. And I thought, oh, if I go position that car, then, um, when we come over the hill, we can just run and jump in the car and we can get away, right? So I go position the car and then I'm back in first person and I'm leading this troop over this hill, but now I know what's ahead. I know that that hill is covered with mosquitoes on the other side, so I'm not gonna lead the troops in the middle of that hill. We go off to the side of the hill a little bit uh, where there were less mosquitoes and we jump in the car that was prepared ahead of time and we take off and we get away from the enemy. There's more to the dream, but I'm gonna stop right there because that's just the point I wanna make is just that part of the dream. And so the importance of prophecy is we need to know what's ahead, don't we? The, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We got battle against principalities, right? We need to know what's ahead. We need to know uh, when the enemy is setting up an ambush for us, don't we? Because we have things to do for the Lord, and we don't have time to be hindered or uh, held back by the enemy. Uh, we need to know what's ahead. And as believers in Christ and and uh, temples of his Holy Spirit, of him, of his Holy Spirit, um, we have the privilege of being able to know the enemy's plans ahead of time. And not only knowing that his plans ahead of time so we don't run into his ambush, but then we can prepare ourselves, right? We can be prepared ahead of time for what's to come, right? See how important it is that um, that we have this gift of prophecy that, that as, as believers in Christ? Um, and then, and then also, I was thinking about this. What makes the word of, of God, what makes the word of our God different from any other words of other people's God? What makes our word divinely inspired? Right. It's divinely inspired, right? Right? First Timothy 3, 16 says all scripture is inspired by God, right? It's all inspired by God. And what is prophecy? Divine inspiration, right? And so the difference between our word is it's alive and it's divinely inspired and it will, no other word, um, wisdom will stand up against God's word, right? Um, and so what makes it unique is there's no other, there's no other religion that has a book that has prophetic, so many, that has prophetic things that have been fulfilled, right? How many did, how many prophecies were there about Christ? As a matter of fact, the whole Bible's about Christ, isn't it? The Old Testament starts off with how God created us, and then what? The whole rest of the Bible is about how God is sending his son Jesus to save us from our sins so that we can be united back to him, right? The whole Bible is about Christ. The Old Testament is about Christ to come. The New Testament is about Christ within us, our hope and our glory. Um, and so, um, 
Revelation 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Right? Um, in the Old Testament, God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments. Um, but knowing that this would not be enough to guide their everyday lives and circumstances, he also gave them judges and prophets, right? Um, and he gave them these judges and prophets to reveal his heart to them for specific situations. He knew the Ten Commandments, they were the foundation, but there are things that were going to come up that needed the wisdom of God, right? And uh, so he gave them judges and prophets. Um, in the New Testament, we don't have the judges and prophets. We have the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That includes the gift of prophecy, right? Okay, so um, what I'm going to talk about today and um, next week, if I'm invited back, um, <laughs> we'll get into the different, you know, there's different scriptures besides 1 Corinthians that mentions the gift of prophecy. Um, there's uh, Romans 12 uh, that mentions the gift of prophecy in a different way. There's this 1 Corinthians 1, and then there's also Ephesians 4 that mentions the gift of prophecy. Again, it's the only gift that's mentioned in all three of those passages. And so maybe, ne maybe next week we'll talk about the difference in why, um, they're mentioned, why it's mentioned in those three and the differences between those. And, but today I want to talk about um, receiving, receiving the prophetic gift, um, how to interpret um, prophecy and, and then applying it, okay? Because um, I am a teacher at heart and uh, trained well by my mother right here. And uh, um, we like to study inductively. Um, and so observation, interpretation, application, and it applies to so many things that breaks things down real easy. Um, and especially this gift of prophecy. So how do you receive the gift of prophecy? Um, first of all, what did we just read? You earnestly desire it, right? So do you sit there and say, oh, if that's what God has for me, then he'll give it to me. What does he say? He said, what does he tell us in his word? He says to earnestly desire it. He says to pursue it, right? That's pretty active. That's, you know, we don't just sit and say, oh, okay, well, let him give it to him if he wants to. But we need to actively pursue it. We need to desire it. God says, um, you know, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, right? Why does God want us to actively pursue? Why would he want us to act actively pursue his gift? I think because he wants to have a deeper and better relationship with all of us. Exactly. That's the point of all of this, isn't it? That we can, he can have a deeper relationship with us so that we'll pursue him, right? We're not really pursuing the gift, yeah. right? There was a magician, Simon, in the New Testament that was trying to pursue the gift, right? And they were like, ah, oh, the disciples were like, you don't get it. You don't get it. That's not the point. The point is to pursue Christ and our relationship with him. Um, because he wants to reveal himself to us. And he wants us to know him. And that's an awesome privilege. Um, and so we earnestly desire it. And as we're earnestly desiring it, pursuing it, um, he uh, offers us the baptism of the Holy Spirit as believers. There's more. We can get saved and receive Christ and his Holy Spirit in us, but God says, okay, when you're ready for more, let me know. And then we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a simple prayer. It's just, I said it when I was seven years old. And I said, my mom asked me if I wanted to receive the Holy, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, what? God has more? God has more. I want it. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
received the gift of tongues and received the, the prophetic gift also and began having dreams since I was seven. Um, um, another thing is, okay, so you can do those two things. You know those two things are in the Word. But then, you know, um, God can give you those gifts, but, uh, you know, sometimes our character hinders us from being able to walk in the gifts that God's given us, right? Probably seen that. You know, we can destroy a gift in the church by our character, can't we? But, um, you know, all we have to do is be willing, right? Again, all we have to do is ask, you know what? God, I know this is hindering you wanting to use this gift in me. Help, right? He's our Savior, not just for all eternity, but he can save us every day for whatever for whatever circumstance we need him to, right? Um, and all we have to do is ask. Um, when I was praying about um, the gifts, these first Corinthians gifts, and I, I said, God, you say to desire these gifts, but where are they in the church? I don't see them being used. Where are they? And, um, you know, I know they're for today. I know they're for today. That's pretty clear in your word that they're for today. So where are they? And I know they're available, so I, I want them, right? God gave me a dream one night um, around the time I was praying that. And, um, and in this dream, I, was, I walked into a church service. Our church um, was meeting like in the lobby of a hotel or something. And, um, and I walked in, and I walked by these two little kids. And, and I just knew, like I had a word of knowledge that these two little kids were being abused. And I was like, wow, how do I know that? This is kind of weird. I'm like, just looking at them, and they're just being kids, right? And I'm like, whoa, how do I know that? And then their dad comes up to get him, and it was like he's the one abused. And I was like, how do I know that? Wow. And then um, I was like, and then I was kind of a little freaked out, and I walked, and I, I sat kind of around in the back, and, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember Louisa and, and her sister. Um, they were back there, and I sat by them, and I was kind of talking to them for a minute. And then this lady, she was sitting like a row um, up and down a little bit. And uh, the guy, whoever was preaching, started talking. And, um, and I was just kind of finishing what I was saying, but she turned around, and she was just really mean. And she's like, you're interrupting the service. Be quiet. I mean, just evil, right? <laughs> you're interrupting the service. Probably just like that. And, um, and I was like, hmm, dang, right? So anyway, after the service, an old friend of mine was happened to be visiting, I guess, and so I went over to talk to her, and I turn around, and all of a sudden, from where that woman was sitting, I see this demon coming straight for me, and it was kind of like in the like a fireball, it looked like, and but this demon was coming straight for me, and I'm looking around, and nobody else saw it. I was the only one that saw it, and it's coming straight for me, and it was the Holy Spirit said in my heart, "Are you gonna?" rebuke this demon and everyone's going to look at you and think you're crazy because no one else sees it or are you going to not say anything because you're afraid of what everyone thinks and you're going to let it wreak havoc in the church and I was like ooh so it got about this close and I rebuked it and it went like straight through the wall and out the building and then um, and then I, I just kind of everyone looked at me like I was crazy and then I kind of walked out you know I did this and I walked out and um and there was a um, there was a man sitting at a table. There was a table in front of him. There's a man sitting there, 
And then this other man um, had white hair and beard and, and you know beard, mustache, white hair. You know, he started walking towards me. And as he's walking towards me, I go, "You do research?" And he goes, "Yeah, never seen it before." But I just knew he did some kind of research, and he goes, "Yeah." And and then I look over at this person sitting at the table, which I later realized was an angel. Um, he, he had a map in front of him on that table, and he was pointing to an airport. And I looked back at the man and I said, and we're supposed to meet um, at the airport. And he goes, yeah, like that's what I was coming to tell you, how do you know? And then I looked back again and the angel's pointing to um, a time and it was like a 50 minute interval, 9.50 to 10, I don't know what time it was, anyway. Um, and so I said, we're supposed to meet at 9.50 or whatever, and anyway, he goes, yeah, and he just turns around and walks away. And and then I uh, was waking up from that dream, and as I woke up, I heard the Holy Spirit say, okay, you're asking me um, about these gifts, where are they, and that you want, you're desiring one of these gifts. But if I give you one of these gifts, are you willing to lay your reputation down, not worry what anyone else thinks, so I can use you in, in this way? Because that's what's gonna take. That's what it's gonna take. If you, wanna, if you want this prophetic gift, then you're going to have to, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do things and you're my, you might look crazy because no one else is going to see it or know what you're talking about, but you have to be able, I have to trust you to be obedient to um, what I would ask you to do. I don't know if you would say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. <laughs> well, um, I have to be honest, I wasn't ready for that. And um, I said, oh, Lord, uh, I want to be ready, though, Lord. I know I'm not, but I want to be. Can you make me ready? And so um, several years later, I don't even know how many years later, uh, six, seven, I don't know, I was probably your roommate at a women's retreat. And, um, and uh I was asked to speak at a women's retreat, and I was like, okay, I don't have to get a word from the Lord, right? I'll just fast and pray, and he'll give me a word. Um, okay, so through the gift of teaching, I got seven words, actually. And <laughs> as I wrote each one out, I was like, oh, this is really good. And then I'd go back and read it, and i go, oh, what happened? It just lost all its life. Like, okay, I'm not teaching that one. And then I'd write another one out. Okay, so I got seven words. Well, at that time, when we were doing retreats, we would have one speaker after another. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like the eighth one. And so as we're, as we're at this retreat, this is real life, this part isn't a dream. <laughs> so as we're at, yeah, you gotta say, yeah. unfortunately, this is <laughs> so as we're at the retreat, and I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for my turn, right? And I'm listening to one speaker after another teach those messages that I had, all seven of those messages that the Holy Spirit said, yeah, okay, you can get a teaching, but you're not going to be teaching it. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not teaching that. I guess I'm not teaching that. My mom, the, the queen of object lessons, um, oh, she was my roommate that time, actually. Um, I said, Mom, I have no clue what I'm going to teach. I had all these things, but I don't know. They lost their life. I don't even know what I'm supposed to teach. And then I you know, hear all these women teaching them, so obviously I'm not, definitely not teaching them. And so um, I, I'm like, but, you know, I really want to, like, I wish I had an object lesson or something like that. So she brings some stuff with her to the retreat, and uh, she hands me um, some things, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, she had a balloon. I'm like, just give me the balloon. I don't even know what I'm going to do with it, right? And so I, um, 
it's my turn to speak. And uh, well, actually, the night before uh, Friday, I was speaking Saturday uh, towards the evening, and and Friday night, I was like, oh, I got, I just got to keep fasting and praying. And God was like tapping on me, saying, you know what? Go eat. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, okay. One of my favorite books is Corey Ten Boom's book called Tramp for the Lord. And um, and in it, she has a, a great quote that says, you don't need your ticket till you're ready to get on the train. And I was like, okay, okay, I know. Okay, you're going to be like Corey, you know, it's going to be like a Corey Ten Boom thing, right, Lord? And you're going to give me the ticket when I'm ready to get on the train, right? And then all of a sudden, um, uh, well, so I go to I go to dinner and I eat with everybody and then I come back. Okay, now I need the word, Lord. Okay, now I need it. And then I hear the Holy Spirit saying, Well, you know what? Sometimes you don't need your ticket till you're on the train. Some trains they come by while you're on the train and then they collect your ticket. And I was like, No, no, no. But you're not going to do that, right? No. And so, sure enough, sat through the rest of the teachings on Saturday and it came up to my turn and. I took that balloon up with me, didn't know what I was going to do with it, but um, uh, I had a couple scriptures that I thought, okay, these scriptures kind of stood out, no one else had taken them yet, <laughs> so I brought those up with me, and um, and I, I just heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, one thing at a time, say this, say this, and it was moving in the prophetic, it wasn't foretelling something, but it was, it was expressing the heart of God uh, to his women. And um, how he used that balloon was just amazing, and I couldn't even repeat what I what I said. I don't even know, but I just remember when I got done, I was like, "That was amazing! It flowed. I didn't hesitate. It it just it just flowed, and and it was powerful. And that that object lesson with the balloon, it just fit right in and flowed. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. And God taught me something that night, and it was just you know, we can we can trust Him. And, um, and he taught me how to use that prophetic gift um, the hard way. <laughs> but um, I, I began to learn from there. Are you keeping track of my time? No. <laughs> I am recording it, though, so yes. <laughs> I'll leave that to you because I'm not good at time. <laughs> we all know I'm not good at time. Okay. You have 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Give or, give or take a little okay. bit. This might be a three-part note. So, um, um, so there was a, just, you know, I had a character issue. I was worried about what other people thought. And I, I was a people, always was a people pleaser. Um, I wanted everyone to like me. I guess we all kind of had that a little bit, right? But um, I had to get over that. And God, you know, I, God had to be more important than men, right? Um, and so there was a character thing. Um, I still battle character things, you know, and I know as, as I work through each one, though, I feel God expanding um, the gift within me. Now, I want to also make note that I don't earn the gift. You don't earn the gift. It's not how you uh, act like if you're, you know, oh, gosh, I haven't been in the Word, and so, you know, there's no way he's going to use me. I was seven years old. I didn't know anything about that, and God was giving me dreams. God would give me dreams sometimes, and and uh, it's nothing you do to earn. It's just once you have the gift, God wants to use you in it. But how much impact um, will you? What will you do with it? And how much impact will you have? Is where your character might hinder um, the power that it can have in someone's life. God's given me several dreams for people. 
Um, mostly he speaks to me through dreams. That's mostly how he does it. Um, every year at our, um, at our women's retreats, um, he speaks to me. He, he, I speak, uh, he, how do I say it? I use the prophetic. The prophetic gift is active when I'm speaking at a women's retreat. He always has given me a dream or a vision, and uh, that's all I have. I might have a few scriptures just from, the only way I can prepare is just <laughs> have my quiet time, a scripture or something sticks out to me, I'll look at it and I'll study it, but I have no clue how it's gonna flow or how it's gonna connect or go together until I'm up there speaking and the Holy Spirit just breathes on it and puts it all together. And it's just, it's, and I stand up there just in amazement as I'm speaking and I don't know how, if, if that comes across or not, because I have no clue, but I just stand up there like, Oh, and God just gave me this, and you know, it's just, it, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing gift. And my whole point tonight really is to encourage you to desire to prophesy. That's my whole point of being here. So if you don't catch that, then now you know. I don't have any ulterior motive. That's that's what it is. Um, Troy Brewer uh, from Streams Ministry said this: Your interest and passion for knowing God is a key qualifier for a prophetic revelation. You know, back to that relationship. Um, your interest and passion for knowing God, that's the key qualifier for a prophetic revelation. Okay, so uh, how do you receive it? You desire it. Um, you ask. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then you say, Lord, if I'm not ready, make me ready, right? Um, but I desire it. If God has more for me, I want it, right? Amen? Okay, so you receive... Um, you know, so God, so you receive the, a prophetic gift, let's say, and God starts showing you things. He gives you a dream. He gives you a vision. Uh, he gives you a word. A lot of times it's just a whisper. Some people don't. Some people, um, God will share prophetic things with. They don't have it in a vision or a dream. Sometimes it's just a whisper. Sometimes it's just a picture. You're closing your eyes. You just see a picture. Um, and so the first thing in interpreting um what God has shown you or spoken to you is uh, first we need to recognize what what type of prophetic word is it it could be foretelling the future and God showing you what the future is so you can be prepared for it it could be a warning God giving you a warning so that um, uh, you know he, he'll show you something in the future that could happen it's conditional though um, so if if this doesn't, if you don't do this, or if you don't pray, or whatever, then this is what's going to happen, and it's a warning. But that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. I made that mistake early on when I, um, when God was showing me things. I was like, oh no, I had a dream at a retreat. I think it was the same one, that uh, my husband was going to um, die in five years. It was actually, um, uh, there was something in his family where all the young men died in his family. There weren't any... Um, there weren't any boys that survived past the age of 10, I think, right? Um, in the Box family. And so, and so a lot, and so our boys um, are the only ones to carry on the Box name, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, and, and I would always have dreams about one, my well, one son in particular, that he was gonna die. And I'm just like, oh, you know, not my mother's son, but, but the one, I always have dreams that he was gonna die. And um, like more than just a mother thing, you know? Um, but anyway, at, at this retreat, I had a dream that he was going to die in five years. I was like, oh, no, right? The wisdom of my mother said, 
you know, sometimes God will give you a dream. It's a warning. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Let's pray. We prayed. Um, the day before I left for that retreat, he had just come back from Hong Kong. He had met uh, with one of his friends. This subject had come up. Hey, you know, like all the young men in my family have died. And his friend was like, what? We got to pray. They prayed. We hadn't even talked. Uh, and when I got home from the retreat, I'm like, oh, I got to tell you about this dream I had. He's like, oh, I got to tell you about... Um, when I met with my friend Jimmy, and it was like, oh, what? Are you kidding? I've never had a dream since. I've never had a dream about my son dying since. I've never had a uh, dream about him dying. It was a warning. It was, you need to pray. It was a warning to pray so this doesn't happen. Because this is what he, God was revealing the enemy's plans. But that wasn't God's plan. So there's a warning dream. Um, and then also just, uh, you know, God can give you, just share his heart. God wants to share his heart. I think most of you have heard the vision that God gave me one time uh, here in the service. We've shared it a few times about um, about the church as a whole actually being in a spirit of complacency. And he showed me that mountain with the different levels. And it's like, God has more for you. Don't be complacent where you're at. God was just showing me his heart. He, wanted, he wants to, and he's continuing to actually bring us out of that spirit of complacency um, and bring us into... Um, the fullness that he desires for us. And so he was just showing us his heart. I'm going to bring you out of that. He's showing us his heart there. Um, uh, a lot of times, God will give you, if God if, if um, God gives you a prophetic dream or a vision or something, a lot of times there's a lot of symbolism in it. And it's similar to when um, he would speak, right? He would speak, Jesus would speak to the multitudes and he'd speak in parables, right? And do you remember why he would speak in parables? Matthew 13, um, Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 to 13 says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him will be given more, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So he says, um, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but it hasn't been given to them. So sometimes he'll speak in parables. And so sometimes, so a lot of times when you have a dream or a picture, it, it'll be, um, there'll be a lot of symbolism in, in it. It'll be a lot, it'll be very symbolic. So the most important thing in interpreting what God is showing you is you need to know the word. And you need to go to the Word. A lot of people have said to me, oh, you have so many dreams, you should get one of those dream books. And it gives you, like, oh, this means this and this means that. And I was like, no, no, I can't do that. Because what's the point of these gifts? Relationship, right? I don't want to go to a book. I want to go I want to go to the source. Because this is what um, will um, uh, help me increase my relationship with the Lord, right? This is an opportunity for to hear from the Lord. Um, so be careful um, about going to other, oh, this prophet said this, or this book says this, or whatever, um, until you know the word. And, and then those things might be helpful. Um, just recently, maybe a year, two years ago, um, God, God, I heard, you know, God directed me, you need to study your gift more. And, and he directed me to a particular ministry um, that had a study on the prophetic streams of ministry with John Paul Jackson, who's since passed away. But um, he, he specifically directed me to him 
uh, to study my gift more. And, um, um, but that's, you know, years of, of seeking just him and the word. And, and I always go to God first. I don't go to, I don't go to that. Um, so you go to the word first, um, uh, and, and also write it down as soon as possible. Um, write it down as soon as you can, because there'll be things that you think, oh, that doesn't mean anything, but then later on, as things are revealed, um, you know, by through time sometimes, that, um, that you'll go, oh, I didn't even, like, take particular note of that, but, wow, this just happened, <laughs> you know? So, um, so always try to write it down uh, if possible, and take it to the Lord, um, to his word. Um, Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, and the honor of kings is to search it out. Um, you'll not understand prophetic things unless you're committed to seeking them out. Prophetic things have to be sought out. And that, of course, you know, again, it goes back to the relationship. Um, even after praying and seeking, the interpretation might not be revealed right away. It may not be fully understood until future events have occurred. And so sometimes we must wait, we must trust, we might not understand, we might get bits and pieces, um, uh, and we need to be diligent about seeking it out, um, but sometimes we just won't understand until a future event happens, and then we'll go, oh, that's what it is, and, uh, um, and that's exciting. <laughs> okay, and then finally, to apply it, do I have five more minutes? Sure. <laughs> Gotta apply. So, so then you receive something, right? And uh, you're going to take it to the work. You're going to take it to God. You're going to ask Him to interpret it for you. Um, uh, I always open my Bible. One quick thing on that. I always, after I have a dream and I wake up from, that's usually how God speaks to me a dream. So when I wake up from a dream or I have a vision, whatever, um, I open my Bible uh, and I say, Okay, God. Bring me to a scripture that confirms what you're showing me. Because any vision or um, dream that God will give you will be confirmed in his word. It will never go against his word. And so um, he's been faithful to always um, guide me to a scripture that pertains to what he's showing me. And gives greater light to what he's showing me as well. And I can further my study of maybe what he's showing me from there. And then the hard part is applying it because, okay, God, now what do I do with it? Okay, you should reveal to me what, you know, this thing. Now what do I do with it? First of all, who's it for? I think that's the first part of the question we have to ask. Sometimes it's for ourselves. Sometimes it's for somebody else. Sometimes it's for maybe uh, we're in like a life group and we're having worship and God gives us this vision. It's like, okay, wait, is that for me or is that for the whole group? Sometimes it's for the church, sometimes it's for the nation or the world, right? And so that's the first thing is, who is this for? That we need to ask God, who is this for? I always look to myself first that, you know, God, is this just for me? And what can I get out of it? What do you want to show me? Um, because usually it's, it's for me as well as maybe for the church or for whatever. whatever. Um, but that's the first thing that you need to ask. If you feel like it's for your life group and um, um, 
share it with them um, so that they can, you know, maybe help you um, confirm it. Like, yeah, that's what God showed me too, or whatever. If you feel like it's for the church, um, here at Living Grace, um, you can bring it to Pastor Richie, or you can bring it to me. Um, the, the word says that the prophets judge the prophets. And so, um, for right now, you can um, you can do that and say, hey, God showed me this. And matter of fact, I, you know, uh, I, I um, targeted a few people that I know that have a prophetic gift and I said, hey, sit near me. And if God showed you something, let me know. Um, and so that way we can confirm it. Because sometimes I might think, I think God's showing this, but I'm not sure. But then if I have someone come and say, hey, God's showing you this, there's that confirmation of the Spirit, and then we know. Right? And so we need other people hearing from God, and, and so we have that confirmation of the Spirit, right? Um, okay, so we figure out who we're supposed to share it with, um, and then it's uh, when are we supposed to share it? Or if we're supposed to share it? Are we supposed to share it with the other person, or are we just supposed to pray for the other person? Okay, there's been times where I've done both. Um, if it's something personal, you definitely don't want to share that in front of a group, obviously, but I'll just say it. Okay? You obviously don't want to share that in front of a group. You want to go to that person one-on-one -on -one and say, I feel like God showed you this. this you know, you, does this make any sense to you? Um, and then, you know, they can, you know, that's kind of how God helps you fine-tune your gift, too, is he'll start off with small things. He'll start off showing um, and then um, we talked about the how, so when, and then when, when do you should, when's the appropriate time? You know, does some event need to happen first before I share? And again, that's discernment, that's asking God, and that's just growing in, in um, the gift and learning. Um, hopefully, we're family and we'll understand if each other is growing in a gift and we won't condemn you and say, you're a false prophet. Um, because we know that people are human. Yes. And there's grace. There's grace. But, um, but but to know when you're starting out, it's probably not going to be through the whole church. It's probably going to be something small. Um, Jude, I love this scripture in Jude chapter 3, uh, verse 2, verse chapters. Just making sure you guys are awake. Um, Jude verse 3 says, Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Um, uh, this quote by Mike Bickle um, from Idol Church says, It's not enough to have good doctrine with a clean life. Um, that's only part of the equation. We need to have the power to deliver the oppressed and the needy with the prophetic word. We must contend for all three elements of true faith. Um, we must contend for all three elements of true apostolic faith: biblical ideas or knowledge, uh, biblical lifestyle, um, and biblical experience. And I read that, and I thought that's funny. Could you imagine Jude saying that just two of those would be, that just those two would be enough? Isn't that how most of us how a lot of times we live? Just two of those, like, okay, I have biblical knowledge and I have a biblical lifestyle. I'm good. But we don't have the, experience, the biblical experience. Do you imagine Jude or one of the disciples saying, oh, okay, now you're good, without 
without having the biblical experience of the, the gifts and the spirit working in and through you, like you're missing a whole big part of um, of God's plan, right? He says, go into all the world. How can we go into all the world and preach the gospel if we don't, if we aren't equipped with those gifts that will empower us to be able to do that? Sometimes people need it that work before they'll believe in God. That's right. Uh, James 4, 2 says, um, and back to this, you do not have because you do not ask. God gave me a drink one, one morning, and uh, he, 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 when I was waking up, he gave me that scripture. He said, you do not have because you do not ask. Not necessarily because you ask amiss, which is what that scripture says, but you just don't ask. God's been telling me to ask. He gave me another dream, and he said, ask, and I will show you things. You know what? And, and so I want to share that with you because God's saying right now, ask. There's some things God wants to show us in the church, and we need to be asking. He's telling me to ask, like right now, like this is real right now. Like, are you guys with me? Like, this is real right now. God wants you to ask. God, there's there's some things that God wants to show us as a church, and He's telling us to ask Him. He's telling us to ask Him. Um. Um. So what are we asking for? How big is our vision? How big is our vision? Do we want to walk in the fullness of the calling that God has for us? Um, or are we satisfied with just our knowledge and our lifestyle? Um, do we only want to see God move a little bit? Or in his fullness? In the fullness of the Spirit? Are we waiting for God to pick us up, or are we earnestly seeking and pursuing all that he has for us? Um, so there were a few questions in the bulletin about what we were going to talk about tonight. How does prophecy manifest, manifest itself in the church today? We talked a little bit about that. Um, how do I recognize it? Well, you recognize it by knowing the word and knowing what God's speaking um, and asking God to speak. How do I recognize if that's a word from the Lord or if that's someone just acting crazy? It's kind of funny. I had okay, really quick. I know my time's up. Like, can I share one more thing? That comes as I have four more minutes. Um, it's kind of funny, I'm sharing on this, and this morning I woke up, I was like, oh, husband, I had a dream this morning. I'll share you, I'll share you just part of it real quick. Um, but the dream was, we, uh, it was our church, we were in like a, what looked like a cafeteria of a school or something, and there, there were like four or five hundred people there. And I heard these, I sat down, I sat down in the front row, and there's two ladies behind me, one's like, they were introducing themselves to each other, they, they were just meeting each other, and one said, oh, I'm Dr., you know, whoever, this woman. And then so the woman said, oh, and then she said, well, just whatever her name was, Mary or whatever her name was. And then the other woman said, oh, I'm so-and-so. And she's like, yeah, that's what I love about this church. Nobody cares who you are, if you're a doctor or if you're a janitor. Nobody cares. I love it. And then this man got up, and he was dressed in, like, maybe he was from Africa or something. You know, they have that, but um, he had the, uh, the colorful um, the robe and the hat thing. And he walked up on stage, and he started like saying some prophetic word on stage and he 
he was going on. They all saying, he was saying something crazy. He was saying like something about Richard Simmons or something. And we were like, what? And so I walked up there and I said, excuse me, did you have permission to be up here? Did, did you ask Pastor Richie if it was okay if you came up here to speak? And then he started like going off in a tongue or something. I'm like, you need to speak English. <laughs> you need to speak English. And then he kept going off like in some other language and I'm like, Okay, you need to speak English, and then he then he apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's how we do it where I'm from. I said, okay. Well, here you need to get permission, Pastor Richie, before you just go up on that stage. So I thought that was kind of funny. I'm teaching on that. I just thought I'd share that. Um, uh, and I'm teaching on on this tonight, and, and I had that dream this morning. Not kind of funny. I'm sure God, there was more to it, and God was was um, showing me something in it. But um, okay, so. Love is the foundation, right? Without love, any gifts that God wants to give you are plain and simple. Pray for love, ask for love, ask for that foundation, and then desire the gifts. God has more for you. God has more for you, and he has more for the body of Christ to encourage and edify, to strengthen, to comfort one another, and we need to be there for each other. We need each other. Times, we know, his word says, he tells us in his word, his prophetic word, that time that, um, that people are going to go from bad to worse, right? As we get closer to the end times, it's going to go from bad to worse. And we need each other. We need these gifts. We need to be empowered by these gifts. We need the power that these gifts have so that we can bring more into the body of Christ, which is God's desire for us, right? That we would go out and preach the gospel so that more would know him, so that our God would be glorified even more because more would come to know him. And in that, the blessing for us is that we will know him. We will know him in a greater way because as he begins to reveal his heart to us to share with either for ourselves or to share with others to share with the church um we're going to get to know him more you know we want to know him more there's so much more about him that we don't know that what an honor and a privilege that you know i was thinking about this okay i was thinking about this like you know and this is like a crazy analogy but you know if, if um like santa claus like said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, you know, like you had Santa Claus in your house and you, you would tell all your friends, oh, Santa Claus is in my house. What's the excitement of Santa Claus if you don't let him put the gifts under the tree? Right? So Santa Claus is in the house, but you're not letting him put the gifts under the tree. What's the excitement of, of that, right? Just, that, that was a little analogy match in my head. But the, the thing is, you know, God has so much for us and um, he's there. He's just waiting for us. You don't have because you do not ask sometimes or you just don't ask right so let's ask um let let's let god manifest himself and show himself and speak to us he's saying right now to living grace ask ask me i have things i want to show you so we participate we ask